I'm so excited for today's episode. It was an interview I did with faith-fueled fitness coach Kelly Tian, and we just had so much fun talking about different aspects of health, and from meal planning to intermittent fasting to hormones, all of the things that I love to talk about, and you get to hear about it in a way different than what I normally have because it's somebody else asking me questions. It is super fun. You're going to learn a lot, and I cannot wait to hear what you think about it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Addicted to the Climb. I hope you are all having an amazing week so far and just giving yourself some grace because that's what we need to do. It's sometimes we forget to give ourselves grace and we also forget to rest. So I'm giving you permission. (laughs) You can give yourself permission, but make sure you're resting in between all the things you're trying to get done right now as you wrap up the school year. Maybe you have graduations. Keep on climbing, but give yourself some rest. So there's my tip for the week, okay? Now, we're jumping into the show today with a new friend of mine, and I'm very excited for you to hear this conversation. I highly suggest you take out a pen and paper. You will want to take notes because we are addicted to bettering our health and Who better to talk to today than my new friend, Marion Mitchell, who is a certified health coach. So before I introduce her, I just want you guys to take into consideration that Marion's been doing this a long time. We always have to start at point A before we jump to point B, whether it's in food prep or trying out fasting and trying to be healthy and whole. So just remember, start where you are but always take that next step, okay? So let me introduce you to my friend, Marion. As I said, she is a certified health coach, cookbook author, meal planning expert, public speaker, and she's a mom. Her expertise is bridging the gap between knowing what you need to do to get and stay healthy with chronic disease and making it work realistically in your everyday real world life. Partnering with her clients and when possible, their doctors, allows clients to take control of their health, adhere to the treatment the doctor has prescribed, not matter how vague or specific, thus improving their health and having a new way of living that allows for that health to continue indefinitely. Well, I am so excited to have you here today, Marion. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So before we jump in, I always start with a few fun questions. What about, do you have an AM routine? So yes, I do. I'm a very routine oriented person. I normally wake up about 5am and I get myself ready. I work out 
And that can either be strength training or yoga. And then I get myself ready. I get myself breakfast. I get myself coffee. And then I wake up my kids and I get them ready. So I like to get myself ready first and kind of get my stuff set for the day so I can pour into my children and not be like feeling I'm pulled all over the place. Yes. I love it. I think I've learned over the years to do that in that order because I used to do it wrong, not wrong, but I did it the other way, which was wrong for me because I was always frazzled. I would get everybody else going in the breakfast. And then I, I, then I would be running out on myself and forgetting things or, so I'm like you, I need to have my time and then take care of the others. And I think that is so important. So I love it. What about you said in your morning routine, getting yourself breakfast, what is your favorite healthy breakfast? Yeah, I typically, I love to do eggs with vegetables and do like a hash. That's like my favorite breakfast to do. Cause then I'm like, I'm getting in my fiber. I'm getting in my fat, my protein, and it just really sets my blood sugar to be stable mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my favorite breakfast. Love it. Me too. That's my go-to because it's so easy. It's either dinner, eggs for dinner. If, if I don't have anything prepared, which we are going to talk about food prep and how important that is. But if you don't have things prepared, it, you, everyone has eggs, right? Most yeah. people we can say have eggs or egg whites in the car in super easy, no excuse, whip them together with some veggies and you're done. So I love that too. What about your favorite workout? I'm a, I love strength training straight up. Lower body is my favorite. I just, I learned, I I did a lot of cardio and I used to like do hours, like in college, I think I did like seven hours a week of cardio just to try to be thin. And then after I graduated and I was working full time as a sign language interpreter, I'm driving all over the place. And I just, I couldn't maintain that. So then I hired a trainer and he was like the key to staying fit and healthy with minimal effort is strength training. And so I started doing that and I loved one, the results and two, how powerful Mm -hmm. I felt. So like when I strength train, I'm like, I can take on the world at this point because I did something really hard and exactly. And I just, and I, and again, it's also the results. Like I get much more effective results with less effort and less time. Yes. And I love that you said, you know, with all that cardio, the strength training to me, I can do a leg workout because you mentioned legs. That's your favorite. I love Mm -hmm. working legs as it's like a love hate relationship, I should say. Yes. (laughs) But I do push myself with the leg workouts and the sumo squats and things like that. And I sweat more, like way more than if I was on an elliptical or running on the treadmill for 45 minutes. I'm drenched from strength training. And I don't think people realize that Mm -hmm. if you're not into it. But let me just tell you, especially you ladies that are listening, if you want better results, I'm telling you, pick up the weights, you will sweat and you will get better results, like she said, than if you did 30 minutes every day on the, the tread, you know, the treadmill. So I couldn't agree more stick to, especially as we get older, we need to always pick the weights up for our bones, keep our mm-hmm. joints and just, it's so important. It really truly is our back. Gosh, I could talk about this all day. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's jump into your story because I really want to know you've, you know, accomplished so much. You're so engrossed in your health and I love it. And you're just 
there to help others, hundreds of other people get healthy from the inside out. So take us to how that passion became alive in you. And when did it start? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like I said, I was like a chronic dieter workout, trying to be thin. And after college, I really wanted to focus on my health. My health was declining. I'm here. I am like 22. I have debilitating migraines three times a week. I have psoriasis. I have like hormonal cystic acne, you know, I'm on three different asthma medications and I'm like, this is no way to live. So I started on this journey and it started with just like learning about agricultural farming. And so then I decided to be vegetarian, which was not a good fit for me. So then I added meat back in and I got pregnant. And then after my son was born, yes, uh, it's sorry, you guys can't see me. I'm flagging her down for a minute because I just, um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, you know, I work with a lot of clients in nutrition as well. When you said vegetarian didn't work for you, what was a few of the signs that you knew it wasn't working and why you had to go back to eating meat? I just want to know that answer. Yeah, I gained weight. My energy, I couldn't keep my energy up. I was extremely moody. My cycle started being off. So it was like a lot of things. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. And part of my journey is I've tried all of these different like mainstream dietary lifestyles. So I went vegetarian and then I had, I got pregnant and I didn't want to do that while I was pregnant. And then after a while and he got older and all that, I went vegan and then I went raw vegan and I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then I went back to like clean eating and I was really into eating clean and that, that dietary lifestyle. And then uh, food sensitivities and autoimmune disease came into my, into my world. And that's when I went paleo. And then now I've just kind of come back to, there are foundations. And I, from that story and like trying all these different diets, I started, I was just researching, I was reading 10, 15 hours a week and just studies and books and all these different theories and following these nutrition scientists having debates on LinkedIn. And they're like, discussing all of these uh, studies and why it was a bad study, why it was a good study. And I'm like learning and taking in all this information. And then people started asking me questions and then I'm answering them and I'm helping them. And I'm like, I wonder if I could do this for a living. Cause I like this. And that's when I discovered uh, the Institute for integrative nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go there and graduated. But from there, like that's where my journey really began because I started getting mentored by doctors and, um, and helping their clients or their patients. And it's kind of like, it started with, you know, hormone issues and diabetes, and then it became autoimmune disease. Well, autoimmune disease has root causes. So what are those root causes? And then it became the world of complex illness where there's more than one diagnosis. And I found that there's a foundation that every single diet for any illness is exactly the same. And when you get that, that's like 90% of the battle. And mm-hmm. so I love to get people there, help them tweak it for a time. And I call it a therapeutic diet. And then I teach them how to get off of that because people tend to like to diet for way too long and they tend to overly restrict. They think by overly restricting, they're being healthy when actually they're causing themselves more issues that can be longer term than what they were dealing with before. 
Right. Because a lot of times the diet means you're eliminating certain things Mm -hmm. and you typically end up craving those certain things. That's why people gain the weight back. So I agree, but let's jump into this therapeutic diet. Explain a little bit more what that actually means. Yes. So a therapeutic diet is a short-term, highly restrictive diet for a goal of resolving an issue. So a few examples of that would be if somebody suffers small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or mold toxicity, histamine intolerance, um, maybe they they have autoimmune disease, but they're in a flare. So they need to do something like an autoimmune protocol. So there's all of those have very specific diets that are scientifically proven to help resolve their symptoms mm. and to help bring things back. But if you stay on them for too long, then you're going to become nutrient deficient, which can cause things like permanent nerve nervous system damage or permanent thyroid damage permanent, the, just like permanent issues from being nutrient depleted. So while I teach people how to be as nutrient dense as possible on those diets, they're still incredibly restrictive and they're meant to be short term. So a therapeutic diet is short term. Sometimes you have to do what I call a therapeutic lifestyle. So with autoimmune disease, you really should be gluten, dairy, and soy free for life. And what is it? How do you do that in a healthy way? How do you do that without becoming nutrient deficient? So I, you know, but then people who resolve small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or type two diabetes or things like that can go back to eating just a normal, healthy diet. Most people don't know what a normal, healthy diet is. So that's where I like to, what I call the food foundation. Like when you master that, that's your normal, then we can tweak it to go therapeutic, but then you have to take it back to that baseline. So let's talk about a normal, healthy diet for all my listeners that are just normal and healthy right now. God bless you. First of all, if you don't have any ailments and you don't have anything that, you know, is inhibiting you to be healthy. So I do have a workbook that kind of walks you through these. The link is kind of weird. So I'd rather just be in the show notes. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Um, So the link will be in the show notes for this workbook, but the foundations are that you're eating real food in proper portions. So that to me is half of every meal is vegetables. Cooked, raw, doesn't matter, but half of every meal is vegetables. You pair them with a healthy fat so you can get the nutrients out Mm -hmm. of the food. And then you have a high quality protein. And if your body can tolerate them, a portion of the plate also being carbohydrates. Okay. So just for protein for people. Yes. I'm a big fan of animal-based high quality protein. Okay. And that can be any of the animal-based. Um, I also like to include organ meats. That's kind of step two for okay. people that on the health journey. Cause I know that that's super weird, you know, chicken, fish, beef, bison. I pro- I'm a big fan of variety. Don't just eat chicken breasts and salmon. Like there's so much out there and they all offer different nutrients and different forms of like healthy fats and omega-3 fatty acids and all of that. But just from a scientific standpoint, we cannot get all of our nutrition from plants. It's very low quality protein. And while like some people may not be able to tolerate animal proteins for, um, maybe they have Lyme disease or they have like uh, too excessive iron or, you know, again, this goes into the therapeutic things, but for the most part, You cannot get all of your nutrition from plants. And I've just learned this the hard way, but then science backs it up repeatedly over and over and over again. The last 70 years, if you look at nutrition science, that hasn't been bought. There's plenty out there, hard to find. 
by far a balanced, like Mediterranean style paleo, mm. a healthy paleo, not a low carb paleo, but a healthy paleo diet hands down wins every single time when it comes to quality of life, satiation, um, nu- nutrient intake, like all of that stuff by far. And I, and I also think that we're so individual that, you know, it is very confusing out there. I yeah. feel it's awful for the average person that really has no background or wants to study and research like you and I do about different diets and what's good and what's healthy and foods that work and foods that cure and medicinal it's, foods. I mean, it, it's overwhelming. To, it's to completely overwhelming because eggs are bad for you. Eggs are good for you. Steak yeah. is bad for you. Steak's going to give you cancer. Yes. No, it's not going to give you cancer. <laughs> That's actually why I created the food baseline. Cause I was like, we got all of this, right? There's all this nutrition noise, but what does it take to be healthy? And what does that look like? Mm. That's this. And so that's where I realized going, you know, over the years of health coaching that the noise just makes people gives it gives them paralysis or, or, or they go the whole other way where they're eliminating everything mm-hmm. and neither one of those are healthy. Like oh. I. Hmm. I also think though, Marion, that people have to do their own study on themselves. Like Definitely. you, because I do know certain women that really truly love being vegan. They're muscular, they're healthy. Yet I will be honest, I did the vegan thing for a few years and I didn't see those results. And one of them is a really close friend of mine and she sticks by it. I know I need some of the meat. But I do know also for me, I have to change things up. I have to, you know, sometimes I will follow a vegan for a week, but then I'll do the animal proteins. And I like for me, mixing up different styles of eating, different methods of eating to see how my body responds. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Definitely. I always, always encourage that. So like the foundation is just the healthy basics. And then from there, you figure out what works for you. And So one of the things I'm 37, I've had two babies, what I crave and my nutrition needs in different stages of life has always like just blown me away. When I was breastfeeding completely different, when I stopped, I was like, give me meat, give me peanut butter. Like I was just like fat and protein, fat and protein, fat and protein. And then when I finally stopped nursing, I went vegetarian for a month because I was just like, I'm so done. But then in my body just started like the cravings change. And then in the summer, I'm craving more fruit and more smoothies. And in the winter, I want really hearty and heavy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people don't honor that. And they don't honor the changes. Like, especially as you, you hit perimenopause and menopause, like your nutrition needs completely change than when you were in your twenties and your thirties. And you know, a lot of the sensational nutrition is very much geared towards 20 year olds, people in their twenties. It is not geared towards people that are getting older where your motility changes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like when your hormones change, you're going to be in the bathroom less, you know, you're going to find like what used to work doesn't. And like, so you're like, I've been eating this way. And I was always like 125 pounds and now I'm 150 and nothing's changed. Well, yeah, your hormones have changed and you have to learn how to accommodate for that. And you have to be willing to listen to your body as these things are changing. I love this. I want to talk about this right now. I want to jump right into this hormone talk because 
you know, for me, I'm in my late forties. I work with a lot of women in their late forties, even, you know, Mm fifties. And it's all about hormones, the sweats at night. And like you just said, well, Kelly, I've been eating clean. I, it's really not my diet, but my body's gaining weight. I'm gaining belly fat. So let me ask you any suggestions or how do you start? What would be that conversation you would have with someone that actually says that to you? Where do you begin with that person that hasn't changed anything, but they're gaining weight, they're feeling awful, and they don't know what to do? Yes, um, that's a great question. So I always am like, give me a food journal. Let me see what you're doing. And typically, we're not as healthy as we think we are. I think I Um, agree with that. (laughs) um, We're just, especially when it comes to eating whole grains because there's whole grains in every meal and every snack. And they're in like processed forms, like bread and crackers and bagels and, you know, oatmeal with like sugar. And it's like, or it's like quick cook oats. And so it's like, typically we're just not as healthy as we think we are. And then we're also typically, I find people are sorely lacking in the fiber department, which for us women, estrogen gets processed through our liver which goes into our bile, which comes out of our gallbladder into our stomach. And then it has to go through all of our intestines. If that motility is too slow, all that estrogen gets reabsorbed. Okay. So people are eating too high of carb, but too highly processed. They're not eating enough fiber and they're typically not strength training properly in the proper amounts. So those are like the three things that I typically will start with when it comes to nutrition. Um, And then once they feel good there, then I'm able to really dive in and tweak more. That's when I'm asking questions. That's when I start getting into how do you feel after you eat this versus this? And it's kind of teaching them to trust and honor their body's signals because we're kind of taught to ignore them. But again, it's like starting with like, Hey, here's a baseline. I see these things. Let's do this for a month and come back. Exactly. And I love the food journaling because until I actually started food journaling, I thought I was eating healthy for a very long time and I had no idea, but the tweaks that I made when I saw it written out in my food journal week after week, working with a coach, it was amazing how, you know, I just changed a few things. I added this, I took Mm -hmm. a little of this off And it changed my life. It changed my physique, everything and my energy levels. So it matters if you're absolutely matters. The other thing that I do is I typically ask them, especially if they're active. So let's say they're working out with a trainer. They're very active. I live in Phoenix. So it's very active here. Women, especially in their fifties are in running clubs and hiking clubs and, and they're doing all these things. And I'm like, you're not eating enough because they've been trying to lose weight. So they're cutting back to the point that their body's in starvation mode. So again, this is where journaling is really helpful. And typically in this, I'm going to jump a little bit to intermittent fasting. So there are these hormone experts, quote unquote, I'm like using my fingers here. You can't see it. Um, hormone experts. And they're telling these women to only eat eight in an eight hour winter window, seven days a week. This is really bad advice. Like I understand it's calorie restriction and it's helping people be mindful, but people restrict to the point that they are making their hormones worse and their menopause worse because they're not 
sustaining themselves on a proper caloric intake. It's really difficult to, especially when people are having kids so late. So even if you're in your fifties, you might have teenagers and you're running around and I can tell you I'm way busier now than I was back then with a teenager. And so again, it's like not, and if anybody has hormone issues, so if you've ever been on birth control or anything, intermittent fasting can be really touchy especially when it comes to hormones, I don't recommend it unless I know that your hormones are okay. And then there's different ways of fasting that work better for women versus men. Mm. Well, let's talk about the fasting, because again, that's something that does work for a lot of people, I think. And for certain people, it doesn't. And again, I'm going to use myself as an example, because I've tried it all, Marion. Like I have been in this industry for so long when something new comes out or, you know, it's the new craze. I have to try it because I want to know how my body responds so I can teach my clients. If it works for me, let's try it on you. Might not work for you, but let's just try it because I liked it. So with intermittent fasting in the beginning, I did love it. I felt really good, but I realized over time I was losing a lot of muscle I was eating and I didn't change my workouts. So my workouts were the same, but I was going very flat in my body. So I'm like, hmm, it's not my workouts because I'm still strength training very heavy. But for me, the intermittent fasting, even though I had more energy because some, you know, I pushed off my breakfast sometimes till 12, one, two o'clock, I'd be going, you know, 90 miles an hour, but I was suffering in other ways. So I know you're saying you're not a big advocate of it, but do you find there are certain people it does work for? Yeah. So for me, I call it a tool in the toolbox. It absolutely, um, if people are having a lot of like chronic inflammation and that, or they're, they're, they're getting sick often fasting is great for resetting the immune response. Mm -hmm. I, I love it for certain people. Typically men do better with intermittent fasting because they're the, they're, you have to think about it like evolutionary. They've been the hunters. They've been the ones going out, not eating, and then they kill. And then they bring back the food while the women are eating tubers and nuts and feeding babies and all of that thing. So typically women were not as I would say food deprived as men were. So uh, like our cells just aren't designed for that because it wasn't absolutely necessary Also, typically what I see happening with intermittent fasting is it's overdone. They break their fast incorrectly. They're not prepping for it properly Mm -hmm. and they're using it as a diet versus a tool to improve their health. Exactly. And that's the key right there. You just said it. Intermittent fasting is a tool in your tool belt to play around with, to try. It is not specifically for weight loss. Or hormone balancing for that matter. Right. It's more of resetting. And I agree because sometimes I need to reset and I do a little intermittent fasting and then I can go back and the next morning I'll have my egg whites and my spinach and I feel great. So I I do agree with that. So like if you, if intermittent fasting is something that you want to try, you need your food baseline to be solid. You cannot be doing high sugar, high caffeine, running on this crap. Like you have to be nutritionally sound. 
So you have to go into it properly. If you go into it the day before having soda and a beer and some French fries and all this stuff, and then you're going to fast until noon the next day, you're going to feel like crap. And it's not going to be effective in what it does, what it's designed to do. And then if you break your fast with like a sandwich and a sweet tea or some juice with artificial sweetener in it. So it's a zero calorie juice because you're watching your calories or whatever. Then you're also breaking your fast improperly. So again, all the work that your body was able to do is completely undone. You're saying it perfectly. And I, I cannot go back and re-listen to this ladies, especially if you're struggling because she's making really great points. And I agree with them. You cannot break your fast with a cheeseburger and fries just because you fasted for 18 hours. There is a right way to do this stuff. Reach out to us if you need help. But I want to jump right into, because you mentioned a few times, prepping, meal prepping. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about because it absolutely changed my own life. And I know it's changed yours. But I want to give my listeners some tips on meal prepping. So many people, and I'm sure for you, Marion, your clients, they struggle with it for some reason. They think it's a big job. Forget it. They don't have time, but yet they want to be healthy. Let's talk about some simple ways in why it's so important to be prepared with your food. Yes, this is absolutely my favorite topic because once you have this down, everything else is so much easier. Typically people don't like to meal prep because for one, the expectation I think people go into is that they're eating the same thing every meal for five days straight. Like I look at, like, if I look at Pinterest and I pull up meal prepping, it's like, here's the same meal for five days. And here's the same breakfast for five days. And I'm like, I'm sorry, after day two, I'm going to throw up if I eat it again. Like I, it's like not appealing in any way. So people go into it with that unrealistic expectation. So then they just don't, or people don't like being tied down. They want to eat what they're in the mood for. Mm -hmm. And typically the mood is (laughs) Chick-fil-A and in and out and barrows. And so it's like, you have to figure out how to meal prep in a way to, for one, it's just going to save you money. Right. Mm -hmm. But also you have to figure out how to meal prep in a way that's flexible. This is like what I find to be key. So what I like to do is I write down all of the meals that I already like to eat. Right. And let's say we're starting from square one where we're really not that healthy. We're depending on a lot of whole grains and a lot of like cheese and like just really processed food. Right. So it's like, whatever you're currently doing, just add a vegetable to every meal, not a vegetable, but vegetables to every meal, whatever that looks like. That's meal planning, right? Like you have, you write down everything you're currently eating and then add a vegetable. And then as you progress and you make healthier choices, you still have your favorites. People don't really deviate from what they like. So uh, what I say is every month, pick 10 dinners, four lunches and four breakfasts. And then by the time you rotate through your 10 dinners, you're like, oh, I'm really craving that again. Right. So you kind of, write down the things that you already like to eat and then have just enough variety to keep you from being bored, but not to the point that you have so much food in your fridge, you're throwing it away mm-hmm. that I've, I've been there, done that as well. I've made every mistake you could ever make. Mm-hmm. And Same. then I've refined it. So like, you're never going to get judged from me for whatever you're doing. 
um, you rotate them and then you learn to start eating seasonally. Like, oh, this is really cheap in the summer, but really expensive in the winter, but this is really cheap in the winter. So you kind of start learning how to shop with the seasons because that's, what's cheap. Mm -hmm. Right. And you kind of, and then it's like, you learn how to make things really easy. I am not one to spend four hours cooking dinner. Like I, I love to cook, but if the max is like 30 minutes, that's all you get. And so you kind of have to learn the tricks and it's actually really easy to just making food taste good. Mm-hmm. So if you can master all of that and then you could like, okay, I'm going to eat these four dinners. You always have one night for leftovers, right. Or dining out or whatever you leave room for life. And then, you know what? I'm kind of feeling taco Tuesday on Monday. The ingredients are there. You do not have to eat it on Tuesday. So many people feel like if they put down a plan that they're stuck eating that, but they're like, I'm not in the mood for spaghetti tonight. I'm like, well, you have ingredients for fish and salad, like have your fish and salad. Like you're not married to a certain day to have a certain meal. So you plan your week and then there's wiggle room in there. And I feel like people at first don't like that because people really love rules. Like if I want to do it right, but then what can you stick with? And then, oh, that is right. And there's still rules. Like you still need to eat healthy, but you can pick whatever day you're in the mood for those foods. And I feel like those are like the keys for successful meal planning where people are able to stick with it for years. I have clients, I've been doing this for 10 years and I have clients. My very first one emailed me a few months ago and she was like, I'm still doing what you told me to do. Cause it was so easy. I just wanted you to know that. And I was like, Oh, thanks. I but that's, it. that's my, that's the, that's the goal, right? Yes. Like what can you do for life? Like it doesn't have to be perfect, but what yes. can you do for life? You just made me realize that's kind of what I do. I do rotate the same meals, but monthly, you know, and then I crave, like I make a vegan Buffalo chickpea cauliflower tacos, quesadillas. They're amazing. And I realized, I think I have them once a month, (laughs) you know, certain things that you love, you just rotate them through. But I also agree with just keeping it simple keep the foods and the meals that you're already working with, but maybe eliminating the, the fatty butters, if you're using that or, you know, replace it with something healthier. And there's always a healthy replacement to what you're doing, no matter what you just have to look into it a little bit. And that's the preparation behind keeping you successful. Everything needs to be prepared in life, not just your food. I mean, think about the way you live your life. You prepare your workouts, your workout clothes, you buy your new sneakers to go to the gym. So it's the same with your food. You can't just wing it and then expect to be healthy. It doesn't work like that. We all have to put the work in and those that put the work in are the successful ones. And those that don't feel like are the unsuccessful ones. That's the bottom line. We're just like you. Marion and I are no different. We did it all wrong. As she said, we've tried everything and realized certain things work, certain things don't. And if we want to be healthy human beings, especially as we're aging, you have to do the right things. And that means meal prepping your food, buying healthy ingredients, not winging it, but leaving wiggle room to live your life at the same time. There is a balance. I know people don't like that word. I don't know how you feel about it, but I find that if I'm not balanced, I can't be all or nothing. You know, I I don't think that works. It definitely doesn't work for me. There's quite very little people that are all or nothing. And I'm definitely not one of them, but I love how you said, even with the seasons, there's different foods that are 
you know, growing in the summer that aren't in the winter. So research what's out there and look at if you're bored and you want something new, do the seasonal food thing, follow what's blooming in the seasons. And that's how you can change up your food as well. So I love it. Food prep is everything. And I do want to ask you about going back a little bit. You mentioned Mm -hmm. fiber a few times. Yeah. What foods have, well, what are the best foods with the greatest amounts of fiber that you recommend people oh, that's add a in? Great question. Cause everybody like we've had grains, like whole grains mm-hmm. are the, like fiber, whole grains, fiber, but it's in every plant. So if you're eating, if you're making half of every meal vegetables, you're getting the amount of fiber you need every day. And it doesn't have to all be raw. Raw can be really difficult to digest for people, especially if they have any sort of Mm -hmm. GI issues or any, anything like that, but it's just difficult to digest in general. So it can be a mix of raw and cooked, but even, you know, as long as you're not boiling frozen broccoli, first of all, that's kind of gross and mushy, but if like, you're just, you're cooking them appropriately, which I know cooking is actually, I used to be a really bad cook and I've kind of, I was forced to learn how to cook in my quest to be healthy, because to be healthy, you cannot depend on processed food. And so like I, my biggest go-to is roasting, put the oven on 400, coat them in a little bit of olive oil and salt, put them in there until the edges get crispy brown and then take them out. What that looks like in everybody's oven is a little difference, typically 20, 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, you're cooking your proteins, you're cooking your grains, if you're going to eat those, and then your dinner's ready. So if you're eating that way, you don't have to think about, oh, extra fiber, extra this. You don't need fiber supplements. You don't need these things. If half of every meal is vegetables, and then you have some fruit in there as a, as a carb and things like that uh, for snacks or for breakfast and things like that. So if you're eating mostly real food, you're going to be getting plenty of fiber and that's going to help get things moving. Like I said, you know, our hormones go out of our bile. So if we don't go poop, I'm, I'm going to say it, if we don't poop every it. daily, <laughs> yeah. If we don't poop daily, right. then your hormones are getting reabsorbed. So all that hard work your body did is out the window. Right. So, right. and it's not as hard as people think you don't have to go buy expensive supplements or anything like that. It's just exactly adding in some things. And I want to talk about how you, I love that you mentioned, don't just take things away, replace Because if you just take things away, there's a void. It's a black hole. And what happens to black hole? It just starts sucking things in to fill it because it's a void. So even if you're like, okay, I'm going to like not eat sugar anymore. Like I'm going to make sure that I get my, you know, I'm going to decrease my sugar because it's inflammatory and I have a lot of inflammation and I know it's bad for my hormones. You can't just like get rid of it. You have to replace it with something. And I just recommend replacing it with something healthier. So if you're going to get rid of added sugar, then you can replace it with like berries and like yogurt and things like that. So don't ever take things away without having a game plan on how you're going to replace it. That's I think really, really key when it comes to health in general. And we typically just pull things out and then we feel like we have nothing left and then we're craving cheesecake. And then we eat the whole one instead of a slice. Exactly. Boom. You said it perfectly because I am so about the replacement when I loved, you know, nachos, I would replace it with something else. That's more healthy. I looked like I told you, I made those. I loved quesadillas for a long time. And like, think about a quesadilla, it's gooey and cheesy and, you know, just fatty. 
And I'm like, how can I still enjoy the quesadilla, but in a healthier version? So I went out and found it. And guys, everything's at your fingertips. Just Google these recipes. What is a healthier version of whatever your favorite meal? And you can find something. And one more thing before we end is just the meal prepping, the more consistent you meal prep, it will become your new normal. Believe me and take it from me, the girl who comes from fast food background, junk food junkie. I hated, I didn't try vegetable until I was in my low thirties. That's a true statement. Most of my listeners know. And so if I can do it, anybody can. And I truly believe that I'm no different. And I struggled. It's hard. I put the work in though, right, Marion? We both come from these yeah. backgrounds where we tried and messed up everything and we ate terrible. But you get to a point where it, it comes down to that decision. What am I suffering with? Am I suffering in my health and being miserable? Or do I want to suffer in the discomfort of meal prepping for a little while till I get used to it or find a new route and it forms a new routine. And then it just becomes normal and it's a habit just like anything else. So and it doesn't take as long as people think typically it it's 21 days for something to become a habit and 90 yes. days for that habit to become your new you. Mm -hmm. So if you can tough it out for three weeks, yep. And then stay consistent with what you did because after three weeks, it doesn't take mental effort. So it doesn't take more time usually, but it takes more mental energy. You can't multitask while you're like meal prepping and cooking new foods and trying new recipes. But after you do them for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden you, you have the mental energy free to also take care of the kids and also talk on the phone to your friends and like do these things. And then if you can stick with it for three months and just be consistent, yes, you're going to fall off the wagon. And I do, I'm quoting my fingers again, cause I don't believe in that. Um, but life is going to happen and you're yes. not going to be perfect. But if you can go back to that new habit, after three months, it's the new you, it's your new baseline. You don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, give yourself three weeks, give yourself three weeks. And then after that, it's going to be so much easier. I love it. Three weeks. There's the number, the magic number. Well, I am just so thankful for everything we talked about today. I know my listeners truly definitely are enjoying this conversation when they hear it. So I'm just appreciative of you. And my last question is, I always ask, what are you climbing towards next in your career or in your health in any area? Yeah. So I actually just started a podcast as well, the therapeutic food solutions, and I'm really just loving pouring myself and my knowledge out into that. And then personally, I just want to be a good mom and I want to be a fantastic coach. And so it's just continuously refining that. I love it. That is such a beautiful answer. I love that. That is just perfect. So I hope I pray that God blesses you in all those areas, which I know he will. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, 
a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health dash coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.